the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Thanks for coming for your weekly dose of the antidote. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that was lame, but uh, like everybody tells me, I have a bad sense of humor. You know, even though I don't play or sing, music has always been a passion of mine. That's why I love putting out this show. Sometimes I'll have an artist in for a conversation and we just keep talking and talking because the artist legitimately has a lot to say. Then there are those times where I'll meet with a band who records incredibly long songs. And that's the reason for no opening song tonight, because both of those cases line up as the antidote is joined by Australia's Terra Maze. I'm a newcomer to this band, so I wanted to hear all the details and the music. That's why tonight's episode is the first of a two-part feature on this band. So let's bring in Dean Wells for this first part of our talk, and we'll get into the song, Acts of Reparation. The Antidote is joined by Dean Wells, the man in charge at Terra Maze. It's great to have you here with us, Dean. Thanks, man. It's uh, great to be a part of this. <laughs> Terra Maze began in 93. That would be considered long haul for any band. How have you kept it going? Um, well, we are just kids, young teenagers, uh, trying to write some metal riffs, you know what I mean? And it got, it got serious, and then a year later we had an album out and then another album out and then it kind of stopped well i stopped it around 2002 i think so i went and worked writing songs for like australian idol and x factor and some tv and some other artists and learning how to produce and well just learning how to be a better songwriter mm -hmm. also it's when i started singing properly around that time because writing commercial music you have to you have to know how to sing to at least construct melodies together. So that whole time, yeah, learning to be a producer and songwriter, and, and none of it was heavy. But um, kind of what happened through that process, I worked with some you know amazing producers in Australia and learned a lot. I started writing heavy stuff again um, through the you know the songwriting for publishing and that. And my publisher at the time said, well, you know, this stuff's really cool. What are we going to do with it? And um, I said, I don't know. <laughs> I just kept writing, you know, kind of it was sort of heavy sort of riffs with sometimes dance beats. It wasn't really progressive or anything, but it was still sort of heavier guitar stuff. And they said to me, have you thought about maybe doing another Terra Maze album? It hadn't crossed my mind for years. Um, this was probably 2006 or seven or eight, one of those. Um so, yeah, it was years between doing the first two albums and me being a songwriter. So it kind of sparked my my desire for sort of to write stuff for myself again instead of writing for other artists. So I kind of put a band together to do the album. I got the original singer at the time, Brett, who's been on a few albums. And um, and then all of a sudden we're doing a Terra Maze album, the label which was my publishing company. They got behind us and um, 
And funny you mentioned Jeff Waters before. I ended up being in contact with him and he actually came out to help sort of co-produce and record Anadonia, which is our the album that we did when we come back to metal, which had come out in 2012. But we had a few ups and downs before it, you know, with my drummer passing away and sort of stuff. Anadonia was basically the first album of this, whatever you call it, was going to do just another band, like a different name. I thought I was done with the Terramates, to be honest, because it was something I did when I was a kid. You know, I'd been playing guitar for three years. I sort of just taught myself. I was always around music. And then all of a sudden we had a, a record deal, an album out, and I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't <laughs> know. I'm just writing riffs and trying to put songs together, and, and that was doxology. And then it sort of got serious pretty quick. So, like, I had a good ear music because my parents were really good musicians and singers and but i had no idea what i was doing no lessons no nothing so i was just on my way and i went okay this is what i do now i write metal and then i got a little bit better at guitar and started doing more progressive stuff once i found bands like dream theater and i went this is more up my alley of music that i'd love to be able to write and stuff that was a little bit more complicated but you know really good singing and lots of different styles i suppose mm -hmm. so we did anadonia jumping forward um yeah that's a lot more metal album i suppose probably one of the more metal terramaze albums
There it was, Acts of Reparation from the 2012 Anadonia album from Terramaze. Dean Wells has quite a music background. He explains about this during this part of our talk and what kind of level of faith takes in the music. What was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) How you've kept it going all these years. Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, once I did Anadonia, I had no idea what old fans there were still left because we did pretty good, on, especially on our second album around America. And um, Anadonia did really well for us. Um, ended up getting signed to another label at that time, Nightmare Records in America. And I kind of just really enjoyed doing my own thing just writing whatever style I wanted to, because I suppose in the, in the sort of commercial world where you're writing for other artists or TV or you're doing something that someone else wants, I suppose. And it's, that's a challenge and it's actually really difficult. And I'm glad I did it because I learned a lot. I've also heard that's a real moneymaker for artists. Well, it can be, but I end up getting ripped off my music, getting put on TV and not paid and all this sort of stuff. And it really sort of burnt me out actually. And I wasn't used to it because I went from writing some metal riffs to all of a sudden I'm writing commercial music now for winners of TV shows and stuff. And it was pretty eye-opening, you know what I mean? Like I gained a heap of skills, but I also kind of went, you know what, I I enjoy more writing music for myself, mm-hmm. um, which was Terramaze because Terramaze was always my band. So it was sort of like, well, no one gets to tell me what to do in this band. I could do what I want sort of thing. <laughs> until fans start going, oh, it's not heavy enough, and it's not prog enough, and it's not this enough. And I'm like, I really don't listen to that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, there was a massive gap in between the first sort of Terramades and then this, some say like Anadonia is almost, you know, like our first album, kind of like when Pantera brought out Cowboys from Hell, I had no idea they had other albums. Do you know what I mean? Because Cowboys from Hell was sort of the album that everyone seemed to discover Pantera you know, I mean, I'll kind of look back and I'm like, oh, they've got all these other albums. So it's sort of Terramaze, not comparing ourselves to Pantera, but but just the same way where when we brought Anadonia out, people were saying it was our first album and I just couldn't be bothered trying to correct them. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, yep, yeah, cool, whatever. I love just writing riffs, you know what I mean? Like going from writing three chords and trying to make a catchy melody to picking the guitar up and kind of learning how to sort of play again. So I wasn't really playing much. That's a short hit. That was what happened. I read an interesting statement about Terra Maze that said the band's spirituality only informs the song rather than becoming the only focus. Do you think that's accurate? The thing with Terra Maze music is like I'm basically the sole songwriter and always have been. And whatever is affecting me at that time in any form of life usually ends up in the song somehow like and i can't sort of manufacture it it just happens so looking at different albums and seeing where i was going through or you know sometimes the singer i was working with it was brett or nathan um that have the same same sort of thing if someone was doing it tough or you know in a really good headspace whatever that finds its way into the music because it's really, you know, I mean, music is just your emotions put into sort of sound, you know what I mean? It's like a way of expressing yourself. It's a language that's really how I see it. It's a way of expressing myself better and make more sense with a song than sometimes talking to people. You know, people sometimes 
they're not really listening. They're waiting for them to tell you their story, which is fine. But with a song, you get to sit back and kind of go, okay, what do I want to say here? Not even so much lyrically, but like emotionally, how do I feel right now? That's how I approach music. So if it's something spiritual, that side of things with me, which a lot of things kind of are, or if it's something, you know, just like pure frustration or, you know, things in the world that are just affecting me so much and I'm not knowing what to do with that feeling, I'll write music. So however you want to put it, that for me is what the songs are about. And people can put whatever label on it they want. I mean, I have a faith. The other guys do whatever they want, but I have a faith. They always have. You know, I mean, which does find its way into the music, obviously. But, you know, I don't put any rules on myself as an artist. And that's something that I find challenging sometimes when people kind of want to put a label on you. It's like, well, I don't, I don't like that. You know, this is my thing. I don't really put a label on myself as a person. So, therefore, the music I do is really just a reflection of that. So, putting me in a box, usually I find myself writing a different style because I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do a three chord song like I just did on the last album and then there's like 10 minute song and you know I mean that's my personality so there's a lot of genres and there's lots of names for things in music when sometimes it's just music you know I mean it's just a language you know I mean and that's how musicians want to express themselves well of course it's not just music it's Tara May's music. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I brought that up because back on the Doxology album, you gave it a strong faith perspective. You know, it included the song Emancipator, which says, can't you see it's far beyond you and me? Will you believe that he will set you free? Of course, that was a long time ago. How do you feel about that album now? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, that album was around at time as a teenager going through pretty heavy stuff, and so was Brett, and we both sort of end up sharing the same faith through that. You know, that made into the lyrics then, but it was so green. I mean, just immature kids, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I find myself looking back and going, you know, I think we've always written about the same sort of things. It's just maybe tried to get a little bit better <laughs> years later, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I love every Terra Mays album. For me, I can look at them all and see where I've grown or where I haven't, you know what I mean? And, and Doxology is very much um, when my, my life changed a fair bit through that album. At the same time, it was, pretty, it was a pretty difficult time too. So, you know, that sort of made it into the music, like I was saying. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything about it. Maybe having more than seven days to record the album when we've never recorded before. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, seven days. I did my guitars in half a day. I remember my arm seizing up and everything. It was just, it was chaos. But there was so much pressure on us, which I love the pressure. Now, looking back, I've always loved the pressure. But we had no idea what we were doing. But now, seeing that album, <laughs> I've seen it for sale for like $350 online. I'm just laughing because I've never made a dollar from it doesn't bother me but it's pretty funny <laughs> the actual original cd which i've only got one broken in my cupboard still that i had to refine at some second hand joint years ago <laughs> <laughs>
Dean Wells lays out his Christian faith on Emancipator. Up next, I ask about one of my favorites from Terra Mace. Terra Mace has a lot of music. I was only planning on bringing in questions about your two latest albums, but I do want to get into Her Halo. The title track is absolutely beautiful. What inspired the song? Uh, well, Her Halo, the album, that was one of the first songs on that album. But it was the first time, like, we made up a story. So Nathan was singing at that time, which was his first album, and actually the keyboardist at the time as well, Dave. We were starting to write, like, a sort of weird little story, and I'm like, I've never written music to a story. I'm like, let's let's go with this because it was fun and interesting and I wanted to do something different. Like I'm always trying to find something different. So the album basic story was there was a trapeze artist girl that worked in a circus. She was the sort of star of the show. She had lots of struggles of being an entertainer, you know, all sorts of things like, you know, all the pressure. And, and there was a ringmaster who basically owned the circus and he, he was slightly evil and he, he loved her. And then there was a guy that worked at the circus who was a clown, an older man, but he loved her as well. So it ended up being this weird um, sort of love triangle for the star of the show, which was her. And she died through the story. When we wrote her halo, we didn't know that she was going to die. <laughs> hmm. You know, we're just going writing and I would just start writing music to the feel of the words. The story was sort of written through Facebook chat. So we just kept adding to it. And I'm like, right, I've got a bit of music for that. got to be music for that. And um, so the song Her Halo sort of sums up kind of the whole album. You know, it was more about her struggling with, I think, the pressure of uh, the entertainment world. Set back, you know, 1920s. <laughs> We've got a sequel coming out to that very soon. Oh, man. I'm going to look forward to that for sure. We just finished it, so it's actually one of the most ridiculous pieces of music I think I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous in a good way. Because I just finished mixing it, and I was like, what kind of moron does a 26-minute song with like so many different changes and four singers and, and orchestration? And Yeah, it was, it was fun, but I'm still recovering from it. I literally just finished it like three days ago. It's getting mastered at the moment. But that's going to be interesting because it's it's the continuation of her halo in one song. And here I thought your 12-minute long songs were long. No comparison. Yeah, it's actually hilarious. 26 minutes, but it moves kind of like you were watching a movie, but with just sound and with this Terramay's style of music. I think I enjoy writing more like that than writing just you know a five or six-minute song there was just no rules with it. I think it is the best thing we've ever done. It's just, it's different, but it also harks back to her halo and it feels like her halo and it's the continuation of it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people react to it. Hi, it's Dean Wells here from Terra Maze and you're listening to The Antidote. Oh uh-huh. 
Her Halo, the gorgeous title track from the 2015 Terra Mays album. Have you ever met somebody who was totally hooked, you know, almost obsessed about one particular thing? We get to hear about that next. Well, you know, something I found with Her Halo is that it was all relatable, but of course it was still just a story. But I keep getting the impression going through your music that it's almost like you're wanting to teach life skills with each Terramay's album. Mm. I don't know if I know anything about life. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of like that analogy. Um, Yeah, like I mean, I was saying before with, you know, I've just tried to be really honest with where I'm at at that moment. And if I'm inspired, even if it's a dark time or it's a time of, you know, everything's going great, I'll write music purely on that vibe. Sometimes when it's winter and it's dark and it's cold, I'll write a certain style, which is usually a little bit more, I don't know, it's usually darker. So, you know, the environment and, and people in my life and that, that affects the music so much. But I've only realized that recently when I look back at things, I'm like every album reminds me of something usually that was good happening at that time, but also something that was really tough. Every album. No album that I can look at and go, oh, that was really easy doing that album. For some reason, there's always a struggle or something that I've got to push through personally. If it's my dad dying and my drummer dying or just learning, you know, meeting someone who's gone through the most horrific things in life I've never heard of. That's kind of where I wonder come from. That was someone's life changed my life so much that it was shocking. You know what I mean? So I had to write music about it. So, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I'm just trying to be (laughs) honest, I suppose, and relate to people. And if other people relate to music and get something out of it, you know what I mean? That's, for me, it's great. Well, you've got to be passionate about music because you're not only in Terramaze, Dean. You're also involved with another prog band, Meshiac. So, like, I've really got to know, is there life for you outside of music? (laughs) No, there's not. No. (laughs) And does your wife ever see you? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sitting in my studio now. I've got a I've got a home studio that's it's pretty decked out. I've got everything I need in here to do a full album, which I've done for the last couple. And you know, my wife's in the next room. She comes in and it always sort of startles me because I'm always so lost in my own world. Sure. She sometimes has to flick the light on to make sure that she doesn't scare me or when she comes home, I've got headphones on. Like, I'm always in here. Uh, trying to find a balance to this has been probably in the last three years something that I've had to work on because I just go, man, like once I start, I can't stop, which is why we've got so much music. We've already got another album written again. Like, it's, it's kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> you are obsessed. Yeah, a little. Well, I've got a lot to say and a lot affects me. What else do I do with this other than write music? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I try to keep fit and go for the beach. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to keep balanced. That's actually been the hardest thing for me over the last, well, I have my life. <laughs> Some would say I'm a bit of a, a little bit sort of crazy, but you have to be a little bit crazy to be a full-time musician. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into another one of your projects. 
Now, I'd guess that I'm probably not the only one that finds the Are We Soldiers album disturbing. I mean, it's full of these dystopian themes, like the song Weight of Humanity. Mm. You know, something I think is that you were maybe a year too early with that release, because isn't it describing 2020? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, you know, it's just everything that goes on in the world affects me personally like a sponge. So I have to write about it. I think a lot of the times it's it's more questions. You know, I mean, are we soldiers very much almost questions about things? And I love questioning everything because I don't trust just what I'm told. And things I've learned through my life, I realize that not everything is as it seems. So especially with this style of music, I could talk about anything, you know what I mean? And if people think I'm crazy, they'll go, well, it's just a song. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I can sort of put it in a box and go, it's just a song. But I just think there's, there's just a lot of lies that we've been told in this world, and I love finding the truth in everything. And sometimes that puts you in a box of, well, he's crazy. Far from, I might be, okay, I might be a bit crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> I want the truth in everything. And I don't care how nasty and backwards and whatever it is, that outside of music, that's just me. So sometimes you've got to look not just on two sides, you've got to look at three and four you know, different places to kind of go, this doesn't add up. 2020 doesn't add up to me at all. And I'm sure that has gotten into a bit of our newer music. But you know what I mean? It's like question things, people. And my music, I suppose I'm trying to let People go, well, I question stuff. I allow myself to go there. And lots of people don't want to. That's what I struggle with as, as a person. So sometimes putting it in a song is a little bit sarcastic too. You know what I mean, it's just like, what's he talking about? Well, I'd rather you just sort of maybe maybe look into it a bit. Or I'm asking the same question. It's just like, let's question this stuff together. Um, so here's a song. <laughs> You know, it's kind of fun as well. There's still no rules with music. When they start censoring lyrics, then I'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I've been talking about probably not far off.
There's some thought-inspiring lyrics. Weight of Humanity says, When you realize a system shapes you and takes all that you know, you speculate the fear you hate the reason. You'll always be alone. Is this uncertain evil everything you want it to be? Lines like those leave you thinking. And as Dean said, that's the intention of Terramaze. I mentioned at the start of the hour that this is the first of a two-part series on Terramaze. You should tune in next week to hear about I Wonder, the latest album from the band. Remember how I said some bands have long songs? At 12 minutes, Depopulate is definitely a big one. Let's hear about it from Dean, and I'll see you next week. Here's something I would have thought you'd give Are We Soldiers some kind of resolution to close out the album. But the song Depopulate only hinted at that. I guess you didn't want to make it too obvious? Um, I sometimes don't think like how you would hear songs and then how someone else would hear them is usually fairly different to kind of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So, and that, that's okay. I kind of like that because everyone hears things how they want to hear them and they, they get out of a song what they want to get out of it, like a conversation. You know I mean, it's not about anyone being right. I suppose it's just about relating back and forwards and trying to find the truth in things. With me, it's with a song. But to populate, I kind of put it at the end because it was the longest song. I think that's where it's headed. <laughs> Depopulations, you know what I mean? Like it's been that's been written about for years. It's like you know, it's written on guidestones in America and stuff. It's just like it's something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like we've always been told, oh, we're overpopulated. I'm like, I don't even believe that. Let's question this, you know what I mean? Now they want to bring in a vaccine for something that everyone's basically survived. That's a whole sort of world of things that I'm like, I just love to question it, man. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. But it makes for a cool, you know, 12-minute song too. (laughs) For sure.
去。